Awesome. Thank you, worship team. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Oh, I hope you enjoyed that worship. Hmm. On my way here this morning, I just felt like God was saying that it was time for us to rebirth our hopes. And so I want to share a little bit about that this morning. But before I do, I want to make sure that we do the right thing. And pastors Mike and Joy extend their love to us all here today. Uh, They will be back in the house soon. I'm not too sure when. When will they be back? Oh, that's a secret. They're jet-setting around the world. And uh, my wife has a Facebook page that I uh, jump on every now and again. (laughs) And I've been seeing a lot of what Pastor Mike has been posting of the meetings that he's having. Spirit of God moving mightily all over the place. So we can't wait till he gets back here. Uh, We also got Owen, who is back in New Zealand. Welcome, Owen. Back home. Uh, it was one other before I mentioned Kate. I can't remember who the other. Anyway, also, I got a text from Kate to say she's thinking about us, she's praying for us, and of course, she's got Dave and I to keep an eye on each other. <laughs> Just to remind each other what we're supposed to be doing, because I think we can go astray. I don't know how that works, but anyway. So they just all extend their love this morning, and they wish that they could be here, but no doubt they'll be here next week. I think everyone will be back next week. Awesome. So this morning, I just really felt that the Holy Spirit was wanting to talk to us about hope. And so I want to start with this statement or quote Blindness is not a lack of sight. Did you hear that? Blindness is not a lack of sight, but it's the absence of faith. So blindness is not the lack of sight, but rather the lack of faith. Or absence of faith. So what that means is we can look at it on a natural. And on the natural we say, well, if a person's blind, that's it. You ask that blind person, they say, heck no, I see. You can ask a person who can see. And they can say, well, I can't see that. So blindness is not related to your natural sight. Blindness is related to your faith. Here's the thing, I want to give you this, because this is really where the basis of everything this morning, and it's from Deuteronomy 8.18. It says, remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he he confirmed to our ancestors with an oath. 
So God gives us power. And he tells us to remember that the power came from him to make us successful. So if we're to remember that the power came from God to make us successful, then, like what Bruce shared in his message, when you first enter, then you have to do training. Then you have to actually compete. And once you get off that starting line, I remember, here's a funny story. I used to go in, well, not used to, I've been in twice. So I've been in the Fletcher Marathon, which is in Rotorua, where we run around the lake, because that's predominantly where I grew up in, in my um, teenage years. And so part of the rugby club that I was involved in, we, as part of our training, we had to run this marathon. Well, you know, we are all there. We all thought we were reasonably fit. And so the gun goes, bang, and we all go sprinting. Well, of course, we get caught up in the hype. And what we didn't realise was all the guys that were actually up front sprinting could actually sustain that the whole way. We just thought it was like a... 200 metre gap down that road and then once you get down to the road and you turn onto one of the main roads, this road called Tengai, you suddenly realise, oh my goodness, we've just started the race. And then all of a sudden fatigue quickly sets in as your mind starts to realise it's going to be a long day. (laughs) And then as you sort of were sprinting past a lot of people, then slowly they start passing you. I was going to say one at a time, but normally it's about 20 or 30 come past you at a time. And by the end of it, you start to head around the back of the lake. And by the time you get to the back of the lake, you're starting to realise, what did I do this for? Why am I here? Whose silly idea was this? But, of course, here's the key. If you've got people around you who come past... I remember running it one year, and this lady came past, and she was like 73, I think she was. And she came past me, and she goes, come on, young fella, it's not that far. And I thought, oh, my goodness. You know, that's really what you want to hear when you're almost at breaking point. Some lady just coming alongside you and saying, come on. And so finally you get around to the end, and you think the goal's in sight. But how many people passed on the way? and never said a word. How many people passed you and looked at you and sped up just to try and break you? And how many times did you look at that road and think, this road, and curse it? Many a times. But here's the thing. It's remembering why you first started. And this is what the Lord says to us. Remember the Lord your God, for it's he that gives you the power to be successful. When we start to forget the Lord, things start to happen in our lives. We become fatigued. And when we become fatigued, we become fatigued in many areas of our lives. Principles, values that we used to hold, so dear and so true that we would never cross that line or we would never go backwards, suddenly become easier because we start to lose the focus. And when we lose focus, that's when we start to find a lot of things start to take place in our life that we never, I guess we never planned on. Here's some examples about this from the Bible. So Jesus, he's a good one. So Jesus is tempted 
So right up until the day he was baptized, you know, it says that the Spirit of the Lord led him into the wilderness to be tempted. The first thing that took place in those temptations was about remembering the Lord. And so every time in those three temptations, it was always about, does Jesus remember? Does he really remember why he started this race? And so he goes in and he starts quoting scripture. Yes, I remember. This is what my father said. Yes, I remember. This is what the father said. Yes, I remember. This is what the father said. And that can be like into a race when you start off and then slowly you start to feel the muscles tensing. You remember. You remember you did the training. You remember you could run this any other day of the week. It just happens to be this day that you're feeling it. Another story, the feeding of the 5,000. So Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, hey, you guys feed them. And immediately they forget who they're talking to. And they start to turn around and they say, what do they say? Well, we can't feed them. Doesn't that look like someone who's taken their eyes or their focus off the Lord? For remember the Lord your God, for it's he who gives you the power. And so they were all of a sudden standing there in front of Jesus saying, well, we don't know what to do. And then a boy focuses on him. He says, actually, I've got this. And he says, oh, now that someone's focused on me, let's go to work. Another story. Peter walks on water. So, you know, it says that Jesus is walking across the uh, water. All the disciples are in the boat, and they think he's a ghost, first off. Then he says, no, it's me. So Peter says, if it's you, let me come out to you. And he says, come. Oh, Peter jumps out of that boat, starts walking on the water. Imagine what the other disciples would have been thinking. Who knows? But he starts walking on the water, and then something happens. He forgets who called him. Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power. So Peter's walking towards him, and he forgets, which means we can even be walking towards Jesus and forget who's given us the power. Here's another one. A demon-possessed boy. So Jesus sends out all the disciples. They go out, they're praying, they're doing you know, signs, miracles, and wonders are following them. Then they strike a boy. And they pray for him. Oh, this demon doesn't want to come out. So what happens? The father brings the boy to the feet of Jesus. And Jesus turns around and says, Oh, ye of little faith. What was he actually saying when he was talking about faith? We know the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But we also know that faith is the substance of things hopeful, what were they seeing? Or what were they not seeing? Why this boy couldn't get set free? Because Jesus questions everything, and he comes, always comes back down to that one verse, remember the Lord your God, and he calls it faith. When you lack faith, you lack remembrance. Because if you remembered who empowered you, you'd see. Not the natural but the supernatural. I love this story. 
And so in the Bible, it says that uh, Jesus goes to, Jesus gets invited to a wedding. And at the wedding, everyone's on the booze. So they're all celebrating on the... Oh, gee, there's a lot of people smiling. <laughs> so anyway, they're on the booze. And then the most horrible thing when you're on the booze took place. They ran out. Oh, can you imagine that at a party? Everything's just going off. Then someone comes in and says, oh, guys, booze is out. Party's over. And you're thinking, dude, we're only just getting started. But here's the thing. Jesus' mother tells, you know, sends some people to go and see Jesus and says, you know, tell Jesus. He'll fix it. Because, you know, obviously he must be a liquor outlet or something. But he goes to Jesus and he says, you know, so they go to Jesus and they said, hey, look, this is what your mum told us to do. Come and see you. The booze has run out. And Jesus turns around and it's funny. He turns around and he says this. It's not my time. How did he relate running out of booze to it's not my time? He was focused. He wasn't blind. He wasn't blind to the natural circumstances. He had his spiritual sight locked in firmly. Everywhere through the Bible, if you always watch what Jesus does when he has encounters with people, he always has encounters, and those encounters always go about him talking about his purpose, his destiny. Even to, goes to his own disciples, and they're questioning him. And he says, you don't know what you guys are saying. And one turns around and says, Lord, I'll take that cup. He says, you have no idea what's happening. He was focused the whole time on eternity. But why was he focused? This is a good question. Why should we all be focused? Jesus was focused because he had a hope. And that hope was in the generations. That hope was in the work that he had been given by the Father in his lifetime to do. So every time something came up against it that took him aside from that hope, he always addressed it and brought himself back to the center and said, actually, I'm here for a purpose. I'm here for a reason. How many times have we started something, got halfway through, and now that's another DIY project sitting on the back burner? Men? I didn't say men because tends to be what happens. They have a lot of projects running at one time and think, oh, I'm going to do this and oh, I'm going to do that. And then after a while you go out to the garage and oh my goodness, what a mess. And then we get clever and we think, why don't we just try and put all these projects into one thing and create something new. Which, yes, a new project which goes on the back burner. But this is the thing. Every time Jesus spoke to or encountered people, he was always questioning them about one thing and one thing only. Where have you placed your vision? Where's your focus? Because if he could get them to see where their focus was, that's where their heart would be. That's where their value would be. And that would be what they would sow into the most. So the question this morning for all of us, is really where is our focus? How can I help with 
answering this or giving you at least some tools to think about. If I asked you, where was your focus? Where's your values? Where's your priorities? Oh, no, actually, one thing. Where's your hope? Tell me what you're hoping for. Because if you can tell me what you're hoping for, I can tell you, and I can see it in your life, that that's where your focus and your vision is. If some people turn around and say, well, actually, I'm not really hoping for anything, then you can pretty much look at that person and you can see it. You'll see it right through their lives. If you ask someone else who says, and you say, what is your hope? What are you hoping for? And someone turns around and says, well, I'm hoping to, to, as an example, I'm hoping to buy a home. If you start to look into their life and they opened up their books, would you see a financial plan? Would you see pictures of homes that they think that they want to buy? Are they driving around neighborhoods thinking, ooh, not this neighborhood, ooh, this neighborhood, oh, it's too out of our price. So we'll go to another neighborhood. Because that's what hope does. Hope drives us. And if we start to lose hope, then we actually start to lose faith. And when we lose faith, it's like what the Bible says, we can get tossed and turned in this world. What we do is we latch on to someone else's hope, someone else's faith. But God has given each and every one of us a plan. And it's up to us to cultivate that plan. How many of us here have had hopes and because we've allowed someone else to come in and say stuff about it that we've sort of let it go? I just felt this morning the Holy Spirit was saying, it's time to pick those hopes back up. Pick your vision back up. God is more than able, more than we will even give him credit for. He wants us to start dreaming again. Because when we dream, vision returns. And when vision returns, our priorities start to come back into line. If we can't look and we can't see past where we are today, then we need to start to look again. When Jesus first called you, and you first had your encounter with him, what hopes did he give you? What aspirations did he put into your heart? I spent a lot of time talking with people, and a lot of people, and you know, when I worked for the hospital, I saw this a lot. <coughs> I worked for the hospital, so I'd go up to people and I'd say, actually, what are your hopes, what are your dreams? And they'd say, oh, I don't know, nothing. As we started to track back in life, suddenly they started to say, actually, I used to want to do this, and I used to want to do it. So what happened? Uh, people. What do you mean by people? People got in the way, and people started to say, whatever, you can't do that. You'll never do that. And the same thing can happen in God. Right amongst us right now, how many hopes have been shelved? including my own. How many of us have put our hopes and our dreams on the shelf and just said, it'll never happen? When we do that, we're actually saying we can't remember who gives us the power. 
And this morning, I just felt that the Lord wanted us to come back to that place of saying, hey, remember, get your hopes back up. Because when you have hope, faith is that substance that will make it come to pass. Is it hard work? Absolutely. Do you need people on that road with you who are going to encourage you? Absolutely. That's why we all come together. That's why we share life together, so we can encourage each other, so we can say, look at you, man, I know you can do that. One thing I have found, though, is there's a lot of people who may have that hope, but they're too scared to say it. And people who are too scared to talk about their hopes and their dreams are people that have been hurt because they've shared those hopes and those dreams and someone's turned around and said, ha, 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 whatever. And immediately that shut and closed down the heart. This morning I just feel like the Holy Spirit is here and he wants to speak to everyone, me included. And he wants us to remember what is that hope? What are our dreams? Because once we start to come back up and our eyes and our vision starts to flow, we'll start to see. I want to leave you with this thought. Your natural eyes can only see to a certain distance. And on a rifle, right down the end of the barrel is a little tip, and they call that, if you line it up, that's your eyesight. They call it your eyesight because that's your eye can only see past that to a certain degree. But if you're hunting something, you whack a scope on. Once that scope goes on, it magnifies the distance between where you are and where the object is. When we start to pick up our hope and our vision returns, it's like putting a scope back on. And what we used to think, oh, will never happen, is suddenly in range. And it is possible. And this morning, we just want to flow back into worship for a little bit. Because I want the Holy Spirit to minister to each and every person here today. To offer you the hope. To awaken that stuff that is in you that you may have let go of. Now the Holy Spirit can speak to each and every one of us individually. And I want him to speak to you as an individual and to tell you what your hope was before you let it go. Can we do that? And while we do that, we'll just get the band to to play. us to do is just close our eyes focus on the Lord ask Holy Spirit to go into those places that we may have shut off to you know we're teaching our youth that the kingdom of heaven operates by authority and it's quite simple there's a verse in the Bible that says that the Lord stands at the door knocking and whosoever opens that door that he'll come in and right now 
If you ask the Holy Spirit and you just said a simple prayer, Holy Spirit, I give you the authority to go into every door that I've shut off to you, to reveal my hopes and my dreams that I had way back. Right now, Holy Spirit will do that for you.